Welcome back to part two. This is a concluding podcast interview with Genevieve Rudd and Marion Savile. Hello, my name is David Johnson and welcome to the Art of Covid chat. We're talking with artists who work in the Fens region about the work and the challenges they faced during the pandemic of 2020 and 21. You know, we, we mentioned the anniversary of the, the, the first lockdown. How have you found your approach to art has changed in the last 12 months with obviously restrictions and, and um, maybe restrictions to materials, restrictions to moving around and interactions with um, with people and groups? How how do you feel your approach to art has changed or has it an, has, it has an impact on, on the style of art that you do? Um, I think my practice has it's definitely changed. I mean, outside of my own personal arts practice, I also do um, two days a week for 2020 Productions, who are an arts organisation, a CIC. And prior to lockdown, um, obviously, I was I was involved in delivering lots of um, projects and workshops within primary schools predominantly, but also secondary schools, but also community groups as well. So a lot of my delivery was in the, out in the world in schools you know with groups or events that sort of stuff so that element sort of changed instantly um a lot of the projects i was working on at the time of lockdown coming in just couldn't be transferred into a digital format because we were halfway through them so uh, but so that changed and I, i yeah i haven't done much delivery via zoom i did quite recently do a um a webinar on zine making and it was just the weirdest experience not being able to see your, who you were delivering to and I, I think there was about i mean it was a massive group there was about 60 or 70 kids with their parents mm. um but you could, i couldn't see any of them there was no they could obviously use the chat function to type questions in but there was no interaction and that i didn't think would be quite as odd as as it was ultimately i found it really strange to 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 deliver something like that without anyone sort of chipping in with ideas and you know ideas bouncing around the room and people it's just it was just really odd so that element has changed but I haven't done a lot of web sort of web delivery um I've done some and it's all been either pre-recorded videos or live webinars but I can't say it's my favorite thing to be fair that that lack of interaction with whoever you're delivering to is is really problematic i think really i mean obviously it's better than nothing to to deliver digitally so you are doing something but it can be really difficult i don't know if you have you done any online delivery genevieve did you find that yeah, a problem lot, as yeah well? lots it's um really tiring <laughs> it's really yes, surreal yes. <laughs> it's really different <laughs> you the thing is, when you when you work with people, if you're an artist that works with people, you know, you're a community artist or you deliver workshops, you you thrive and feed off the energy that in the room. So people bring their own, you know, dynamics. The group makes this dynamic. And that is the kind of main factor in feed and the creative energy. And I think I, I knew that before, but I didn't know it at this depth until I was, you know, kind of delivering to faceless numbers of groups who are just maybe typing in the chat box. Maybe not at all. You know, you don't see them. And it, it's a, re- a really kind of surreal experience. And I think it, it takes away from the 
it kind of takes the soul away. Yes, it's the activity. Yes, it's better than nothing. Yes, people can still get a lot from it, but the, the kind of soul of being in a space with people and building a relationship with them and chatting and all those kind of little things that happen when you know you stop and have a break and you have a cup of tea and you mm. you know or you kind of walk in someone out you know out to the door and you just get to catch up with people how often uh do you get to work on your own projects do you actually have a lot of decision in in the projects that you do or are you mainly contracted by other organizations um I do uh, make a conscious effort to work on my own projects um, in the week. And sometimes I break that down into kind of smaller little chunks of time. Like, for example, with my photographic process uh, that I work in, um, that's quite slow. So I might set something up in the morning and then I might be doing something else in the day. And then I might come check back on it, you know, the next day and... So I can kind of work in little bite-sized chunks. and um, But I would say I do spend most of my time either developing or leading um, community participatory arts projects. And I, I do get quite a lot of say of um, where I want to go with that and what I want to do. Um, so, for example, sometimes I've, you know, fundraised for projects that I've had an idea for and um, I work in partnership with people. So, I'm you know, I, I would... Um, approach people that I'd like to work in partnership with and you know we'd put a funding bid together so um, there's quite a lot of autonomy around that Um, and then sometimes I'm you know invited to be part of projects out of the blue and and they might have a loose theme in mind but um, I can kind of take it in the direction of either you know my arts practice or an area of interest or um, building a relationship with that group and seeing what they would like to do and you know, together that that dynamic between what I like to explore and what the group's interests are, it kind of makes its own own thing. Um, but yeah, I, I do um, I do try and kind of you know fill my own kind of well of creativity because I think you know you need to, especially when you're working with people, because it is um, it can be quite intense. You know, and, and the, the community groups that I work with um, sometimes people with lots of kind of lived experiences. Um, and so, you know, you do kind of build a relationship with people and work with people over a long time. And people are, you know, they're able to be kind of honest and, and open about their their life experiences with you. So I think it's really important. I find it really important to try and, you know, have space away from, from that and, and process it. And, you know, getting stuck into my creative practice helps me cope, I suppose. You know, helps me manage helps me kind of stay stay well and stay alert when I'm working with people. Yeah. I mean, for, for me personally, because I do a lot of um, a freelance video, so a lot of stuff is done contracted through through people. Now, a lot of that takes up a lot of time. So it's a, it's a big shift. So for me, 90% of the time is work for other people and maybe 5-10% will be my own projects if I get the chance to, to, to work on it. So for me, it's the, the other way around. What about yourself, Marion? Is that the same, or are you the same as uh, well, Genevieve? Yes. Um, I have, I mean, I've had lots more time for my own personal practice, because obviously um, with the sort of community 
um, groups and schools work that I was doing, none of that has been happening. So I've had more studio time, which has been great. At the back end of 2019, I decided that because I'd worked so much um, with communities and schools and groups and events um, over the last, I don't know, probably five or six years, I wanted 2020 to be my year Mm. all about my arts practice. I signed up to do Cambridge Open Studios and, you know, was working on various projects of my own to that end for Cambridge Open Studios. And, of course, none of that happened. But in a different way, 2020 Mm. was definitely a year um, all about my own arts practice, but in a different way um, because I was able to... I took um, lots of, I still am now, taking lots of online workshops. And I was saying to Genevieve earlier, it's that is, although they're not the same as in real time workshops, it's enabled me to take workshops with people on the other side of the world, yeah. um, which has been fantastic. You know, and I've, I've done all manner of things that I probably, possibly in, you know, outside of COVID times, I wouldn't have even considered doing, you know, I've done workshops on water, botanical watercolours and, and stuff that's really out of my comfort zone. I'm not a painter at all. I mess about with paint, but I don't, you know, paint anything recognisable. <laughs> but I've done lots of workshops, um, really just to, like you said, Genevieve, to fill my creative world and, you know, learn new techniques that I can use within my own practice um, and I've spent a lot of time, I keep coming back to Constantina sketchbooks, but I've spent a lot of time working in um, Constantina sketchbooks, developing ideas and, um, you know, sort of just creating a narrative to the year almost. Um, and I'm now thinking when all this is done and we can have exhibitions and stuff again, I might have a, a sketchbook-based exhibition because I've just created so much in sketchbooks. It's all process and narrative and, you know, developing my practice. So, um, you know, I'd love to sort of show people <laughs> what was going on in my head in uh, throughout lockdown and everything so it has been a lot more about my own practice which has been great really I mean it hasn't been plain sailing all the time I'm making it sound like I've been off on a jolly because of, <laughs> of COVID but it hasn't been <laughs> um, because I have continued with other work as well but in a different way yeah um, but yeah being able to, excuse me, spend that sort of dedicated time on my stuff and learning new stuff and, you know, being able to incorporate incorporate that into my practice has been great. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's good to hear that you, you do get the chances to explore your own creativity and have have the time to do that. Mm. Um, I think I'm kind of, kind of jealous because that's, that's something I would like to do more of. <laughs> um, I've just done a, a documentary and that's taken about two years trying to squeeze it in um it's like a year in the life of so it took a year to film it and it's taken another year to sort of put it together but in between trying to do everything else for other other clients because you that takes up all of the the processing time so you just having to jump on at 11 o'clock at night or seven o'clock in the morning just trying to find time just to sort of do some bits Uh, a lot of weekend (laughs) work as well um, just yeah, to try and fulfill your own sort of distraction effectively. You know, mm-hmm. you you end up working for so long, you need to to have a chance just to step back and actually yeah. learn new creative skills just to then enhance what you're doing on a day-to-day basis oh, yeah, um, and just explore yeah, and try out new things. And 
so yeah trouble it's... with developing your creative practices it doesn't pay that well <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you're just in the, when you're just in your studio you know playing with ideas and uh, yeah developing what you do well that's why i wanted to know if that money. was that was a case that you know <laughs> you, you know, you, you are either you're actually working, uh, creating for stuff or you're developing your own stuff and where that sort of transposes between the two sort of do you have the time or funding to, to do both, you know, sort of finding a happy medium between both. Well, when I when I first started community arts 10 years ago, I worked um, under someone who was a director of a, a small arts charity. And, she, you know, she always advised me to say, to, she was, would say to me that, um, you know, every every commission, every project, use it as a chance to experiment. You know, mm. always use that as a way that you could kind of build in something that you want to do. It beca- almost becomes like your CPD, you know, it comes your training. You know, if you just try something a little bit different, yeah. you know, and try and make the work that you do that you kind of, ha- you know, some of the work you have to do because, you know, you've got bills to pay and, you know... It, creative careers art you know it is a job it is a profession so trying to kind of build in something a little bit experimental something a little bit different you know never just doing something the same because then you know everything you're doing even if you're kind of having to do it you're trying to just stretch yourself a little bit more you know giving yourself permission to be kind of experimental on someone else's t- you know someone else is paying for it yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, have to, I mean this this is effectively you know experimental you know this is stretching you know i've taken what i've done before but this is a whole new side to to the podcasting stuff what we did before was just one-on-one you know this is like a, a step up to that so like you say it's challenging it's it's taking out of the comfort zone trying something different um, and exploring other things, and then hopefully, sort of sharing these skills with other other people as well. Well, talking about um, exploring new skills or sort of taking on that 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 element, um, the next topic is going to be uh, writing and poetry. Now, I know Marion's done a, had some um, influence with with writing and poetry in in some of your works, but is that something that you both use? Um, or have explored in a, in a big way? No, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> the answer's no, because uh, I, I try, you know, I I'm a very much a visual artist, and I I trained in, as I say, art, you know, art photography, textiles. I work in drawing. You know, I've worked in print and three D and sculpture, and I like that kind of physical, you know, relationship with a with a material or you know technique and so writing poetry isn't something that comes into my arts practice although I you know I admire it and um you know enjoy um reading and and I will be collaborating with a with a creative writer on a community project that I'm running this year but it's not really something that features a lot in in my own work at all what about you Marin I know you've done some some bits you're you're inspired by it aren't you Definitely does for me. I mean, yes, as I said earlier, words, song lyrics, lines of poetry, or even just um, something from a from a book I'm reading. I'm a big bookworm, and I listen in the studio. I tend to listen to audio books, so there's lots of little bits of paper around the room where I'll scribble down a little phrase that I've heard from an audio book. But yeah, uh, they can be really sort of ins- inspiring for me to set off a piece of work. But um, I also use um, words 
within my art journals and collage as well. Obviously, art journaling, you can incorporate creative writing, um, diary entry type writing, you know, working with prompts to um, think about what's going on in your life or your emotions or all sorts of stuff. So, um, yeah, I do use a lot of writing and, and words and poetry and, yeah, just incorporate it in whichever way I, I fancy, really. I do a lot of um, – I do this with children as well. Yeah. Um, found poetry where we start with a, just a big box of words um, sort of cut from magazines and newspapers and junk mail and stuff, and then we just make silly sort of nonsense poems um, from the – from from the words which is great fun and i i do that in a in a sort of in a different way i don't tend to use magazine words as such but i'll use phrases cut from um old books um so yeah so my my found poetry is is a little bit more in depth i suppose really because i'm using phrases rather rather than individual words like i do with the kids but it's great fun i love it yeah. i love fiddling around with text do you have a, a challenge that you can um, get the listeners to have a go at um, so that they can – the idea is that if they get the chance to have a go, then they can sort of feedback on social media, they can share with a hashtag, and then you get to sort of um, see see their involvement and maybe critique it, comment on it, or sort of <laughs> – or, or give guidance, you know. So, uh, Marion, have you, have you got something – uh, yes, I have. Um, back in right at the beginning of lockdown, um, I started a hope journal. So it's a, it's a kind of combination of an art journal and an altered book, but it's all themed around hope and looking forward and, you know, time moving on to back to normality, whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about that this morning and my challenge is, um, oh, I should also say, I've done lots of mail art over the course of lockdown Um I sent, you know, lots of postcards and cards and decorated mail and all sorts of stuff, even more so during lockdown, just to bring people a, a smile in the post and, you know, just to perk them up a little bit. So my challenge is um, grab a magazine or whatever you've got to hand in terms of paper and create a sort of spring slash hope themed collage postcard and then send it out into the world to give someone a little smile as we go into spring. That so that's sounds good. Oh, that's lovely. And also, yeah. this time Aww. of year, when you get stuff through the um, post, the junk mail, it's got like Easter bunnies and yeah. daffodils. Like, it's quite a lot of um, sort of spring stuff coming yeah. through the post, I've noticed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at least the doormat and see what you've got coming yeah. in with junk mail as well. <laughs> and add that to your postcard. <laughs> oh, All right, Genevieve, lovely. have you got something? Yeah, so um, my my idea is also inspired by early lockdown. It must be because we're on the kind of one year one year anniversary today since the the first lockdown, believe it or not. And um, um, so so during that period, um, you know, I was finding it quite hard to you know, there's periods of time I was finding it really hard to to feel motivated and to um, you know kind of keep my creative spark going. And so I um, kind of just pared it down and kept it really simple so on my on my daily walks my daily government allocated <laughs> allowed walk <laughs> sanctioned walk um I would you know go out and I'd have my camera phone on me and I'd start taking photos of um uh wildflowers and self-seeded plants you know weeds and things growing in the cracks of the pavement and yeah. that kind of it, the idea completely snowballed and I've ended up um 
being able to access um, funding and from, from the Arts Council and various other places to kind of turn it into a community arts project this year. So it's really kind of gone places and I'm working with them. Oh, wow. um, over 10 other arts practitioners and we're going to be working with people and kind of inspired by you know this nature that's just around us that you know it kind of takes us maybe a situation like this to stop and look and really kind of simple little arts techniques and so I'd like to um, encourage people listening to this um, podcast to you know take their camera phone out and just see what they can spot and you know this time of year we're, we're in spring now is just to do a little sort of um, a sort of treasure hunt um, walk, um, spotting the wildflowers and things that they can find growing on the streets, um, streets around them, and and if they can kind of take it one step further and ID them, you know, and find out what they are, then that's a great little bit of learning. But if not, you know, just take some beautiful um, snaps of of plants being really resilient and really tough, yeah. and just growing in these little kind of um overlooked little spaces um under quite sometimes quite harsh conditions you know i think that's really um i think there's a lot we can take from you know plants like dandelions that just go for it and just blazing this bright sunny yellow color um in wastelands i think um yeah give it a go oh that's lovely (laughs) yeah there's lots to be found i think there's quite a you know you sort of be surprised sometimes what what you can find that's just you know seeds blown you know, into kind of a crevice and some soil is collected there or a bird, you know, has flown by and dropped it off. And, you you know, you never quite know what's growing until you kind of stop and look and yeah. take notice. Yeah. Right. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll have the hashtag share local arts. Uh, it's all one word, so share local arts. And if you attach that to your, your project, um, yeah, share on social media with that. Then we'll we'll find it because no one else is using the hashtag. So if you use it, we'll find it. Is there anything you want to um, to give the listeners to something to take away to inspire them or to encourage them to take up mixed media arts or uh, as like a basic way to start? Or I was sort of thinking about what what Marion was was saying about you know just kind of using what you have, and I think I like that really chimes with me, and so. Um, you know, I think, yeah, if if Marin and I have, kind of, you know, worked out, kind of uses stuff that we've already got at home, then I think, you know, I, I would, yeah, say to the listeners, you know, just, you know, look in your kitchen cupboards and see what you've got already around you and just start there. Yeah, I agree, actually. I, I was going to say, um, you know, you don't need particular equipment to start your creative journey just look around the house see what you've got see if the you know if the kids or the grandkids got pencils and pens and paints you could use or break out a bottle of food coloring and color your page with that you know just start on whatever you've got junk mail computer paper newspaper you know just you know we give you me and genevieve give you all permission to go and play with whatever you can find (laughs) to start your creative journey and that's young and old as well Yes, the mm. whole world. Yeah. Yes, yes. Rummage <laughs> in your domination. recycling bin. Yeah, just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah don't, don't, put it in, don't put it in the recycling bin. Use it for art instead. That sounds like a great plan. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I think that's it's taken us to the, the end of today's uh, podcast. Um, thank you for joining us today. How can people find you? Have you got a... a email or a, a hashtag or a um a 
at symbol that you can use to to help people find you? Uh, yep, yeah. uh, they can find me on Instagram as um, Maz42. Uh, on Facebook, I have a, an artist page, Marion Savile Mixed Media Artist. I do have a website, but I'm currently overhauling it, but it's marionsavile.co.uk. Uh, I think that's me. I don't really use Twitter. I'm mostly present on Instagram at the moment, yep. which I love. Fair enough. <laughs> I can see yeah. all my many and varied doodads. So. <laughs> Genevieve? Um, yeah, so if you, if you look up Genevieve Rudd on Facebook, I've got a page, Genevieve Rudd Artist. And on Twitter, I'm at G Rudd Photo, all one word. And on Instagram, at Genevieve Rudd. Um, and my website is GenevieveRudd.com. So uh, if you just put my name in, I'm sure it'll it'll come up if, it, if you get all the all four E's and one I and <laughs> get the spelling right. <laughs> okay, so... I would like to thank our two guests today, Marin Saville and Genevieve Rudd. Uh, thank you to Marketplace for supporting the show. And join us next time when we're going to be talking to a writer and a poet and see what they bring to the art world. So until then, uh, take care and see you next time. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me, David Johnson, and my guest today. The Art of Covid Chat podcast is a DMJ imagery production working with a Fenland Films initiative and commissioned by Marketplace, a creative people and places project celebrating creative communities across Fenland and West Suffolk. Developed by Arts Council England and supported by National Lottery Funding, for more details visit cppmarketplace.co.uk. I hope you'll follow our podcast and we'll bring you more chat and news soon. Thank you for listening. <laughs>